Evening all. Um, and hello to the people on screen as well. I know we've got, we've got a couple of students who are quarantining and people staying away as COVID numbers tick up. Um, but it's good to see you guys. It's a little bit like the Anglican church now. People are sitting further and further away from the front, <laughs> which makes me feel at home. So that's, that's good. Um, This guy's a sermon. Um, hmm. um, so I, uh, those who've been here for the last few weeks know that that's our theme, living water. Um, and, and, and we persist. And I, 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 think, I think next week we're going to get into some really kind of practical things from next week. We're going to start talking about things like repentance and hearing God's voice and some kind of specifics of operating out of that living water. Um, so the, the outpouring of it and how that can affect our ministry. Um, and I, and I, I thought that maybe we would get there tonight, but as you are now familiar, as he's been doing in the series, he's just been saying, you know, there's just something else you need to talk about. And it's, and it's building on, on what I spoke about two weeks ago. Um, if you were here, you'll remember that we, we finished with a prayer um, just trying to receive Jesus' love where we're at, not trying to get right before we receive him, not trying to get right before we, we know that we are loved, but experiencing and seeing his love um, before we do anything. So I, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, you need to talk on surrender. And, um, and I thought, cool, awesome topic. It'd be great to preach on that. Um, and of course, I've had two weeks to think about it because I didn't preach last week. And, um, and it's just got harder and harder and harder and harder um, as, as I've got closer to tonight. Um, and I, and I, I, really, I really wanted to come here with a really beautifully crafted sermon. Um, and I've got pages here, but I, I don't know how much I'm going to use them. Um, there's... Um, in Corinthians, Paul, in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes in chapter 2, and he, and he says, I'm going to paraphrase him, that, I, that I, I didn't come to you with plausible words and with wisdom, but I came to you with Christ crucified. Now that his power would be made manifest, that his spirit would move. Um, and I, 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 can't, I can't force God to do anything. But the more that I prepared for this sermon, the more that I've just, I've just felt that. Um, that I, kinda, I just have to talk about Jesus and a little bit about what he did, but that it's, him, that it's, it's, it's our ability to, to meet with him and our willingness to meet with him that is the point of this sermon and this point of surrender. Um, so... Over the last few weeks, um, I've shared a, f- a few stories about you know, God being imminent and, and God being here and just this, this, this new imminence that, um, that I've been experiencing. Other people have been experiencing, people on students on campus. I keep hearing great stories and it's so encouraging. Um, and at, at the heart of these experiences, at the heart of these encounters have been... Um, experiencing, just experiencing Jesus. And it's hard for Jesus to walk into your presence 
without experiencing love because he is love. Okay, the two kind of go together. Um, and it's been remarkable that as I've had these experiences and then he'll, he'll say something to me um, and sometimes it's positive, just a word of blessing, sometimes it's instruction um, and other times it's a correction. And Sorry, and it's, um, it's so remarkably easy to, to respond to correction when it's given in love. Um, because I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to make myself right. I'm not trying to do the right thing to be acceptable to him. I'm, I'm, he's just calling me into love. He's just saying, will you do this? And he doesn't have to say it, but the obvious result of being willing to say yes and to surrendering is that I, that I just get more of him. And, you know, and it's just so simple. He, you know, he's been saying, do you, do, you, do you really want to keep carrying this thing? Like, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of trying to be in control of everything? Aren't you tired of trying to predict what the future's going to hold? Don't you want to give it to me? Don't you want to um, <laughs> take that promise that my... My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And so that's been, that's been really messing me up um, in a good way. But of course, when God asks you to speak on something like surrender, and I, and I, and I think this, is, this has been really great for the last few months. I've, I've felt like I've been able to surrender all sorts of things. And then this week, I just ran into a wall. And didn't know what to do with it. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, at first it wasn't a clear wall. I wasn't sure exactly what it was that I was heading into. It's, it's taken days and days of processing and asking friends to pray. Because I've been having all these great encounters with Jesus, and it's been, like I said, it's been so easy to give stuff up. But then you just hit something that was a little bit more core to how I've been living that is not of his kingdom and not of his ways. Um, and it, and it, <laughs> it has a huge amount to do with, with just the, the anticipation of his goodness and his sovereignty in all things. Um, and obviously that's linked to control and fear of all sorts of things. But it was like, he'd, it's like over the last few weeks he'd been stripping stuff away and now you're saying, okay, will you go after this core? Will you surrender this? And I really thought that it would be an easy, sure. But it really wasn't. Um, I, had to, I had to wrestle. Um, but he's just, he's, he's, he's kept emphasizing over and over in this whole process that surrender is not about obedience, surrender is about love. Okay, so we don't obey ourselves into, into surrender. We encounter Jesus' love. And it's that love that then leads us into obedience. 
And so, you know, obviously it's been a wrestle because I've been celebrating and rejoicing in the intimacy that I've been feeling, but I hit this wall and suddenly it just evaporated. And I haven't been feeling all week, and even my students might have noticed I've been a bit grumpy in class this week. Because um, I've, 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 I've missed him. Um, but he's, he's just kept cracking away, and, and I know people have been praying um, and, and encouraging me. Um, so I'm going to leave that there, and then I'll come back to that. Um, so surrender's a funny thing, because it's not actually explicitly stated a whole lot in Scripture. Sacrifice is stated a lot. So we kind of infer surrender. Um, but the clearest, the clearest statement of surrender, the clearest statement of surrender through love is obviously the model that Jesus gives us. That Jesus gave up all things. He surrendered all things. He surrendered his divinity and his relationship with his Father. He surrendered his perfect life. And he came to die. And, and Scripture tells us that he was obedient to the Father. But it wasn't obedience that was the motivation for him coming to die. It was love for the Father. So loved us that he sent his Son. And it was Jesus' love for us and his obedience to the Father that he died, that that love drove obedience. Um, and, I, you know, I don't, maybe, maybe this is all about me and, and not about you guys, but um, it, just, it seems to me that so much of my Christian life has been about accepting Jesus and being saved and then doing everything I can to like, maintain that position, to be obedient. To, to be acceptable rather than really focusing on being in love and then letting obedience flow from that. It's so easy to be obedient to someone that you're deeply in love with when you're deeply in love with God. I, um, I asked the Lord, you know, like, who in Scripture, who in Scripture you know, gives a good example besides Jesus? And I just, I just thought it leading me to, this, to Peter. And again, I'm not going to read all the Scripture. Um, but Peter's the guy who, who recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah. And he says to Jesus, have we not left all things to follow you? The statement of surrender. And yet he's the guy that Jesus rebukes and says, get behind me, Satan, because you have the things of man in mind and not the things of God. He wasn't quite surrendered as much as he thought. And this is the guy that says to Jesus, I'll never betray you. But then we know that he betrays Jesus as he's not quite as surrendered as, as he thought. And this is the guy that meets the resurrected Christ. And in that final interaction with Jesus on the beach, Jesus says to him, will you love me? Will you agape me? Will you love me? holy and perfectly. And Peter says, I will phileo you. I will love you as a brother. Now he surrendered, but he can still only, he's still not quite there. He's so surrendered, but he's still not quite there. And then we have Pentecost, and we have the Holy Spirit, and we have that living water flowing through the apostles and the disciples and the people around them. And it's amazing that after that time, Peter is knowing that he's going to his death, but he's more surrendered than at any other time. 
And from that point onwards, when he writes the word love, he writes the word for the most part, he writes agape. When he calls people to love, he writes agape because he's experienced love. And he can be surrendered even unto death because of that love. The things he claimed he would do before that living water, he wasn't able to do. There's a, if you search up surrender, and there's, there's so many scriptures that you can go through, but these are probably the two most powerful, at least for me, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And the second, and there's several versions of this, this is the one from Matthew, where Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Surrender obviously isn't a once-off. Uh, it's something that we do every day. We wake up and we say, Lord, we, we, we surrender against you. We surrender against your will. Will you draw us? Will you draw us by your love? And again, so many of, so many of us have, have grown up with, with, the, with this idea of obligation. And, yet, and so don't, don't get me wrong, when we encounter Jesus and when we were saved... We are obedient because of that love. And we do try and live good lives that honor God and bring Him glory. But it's the love that comes first. Paul writes in Ephesians, and I know some, for some of us this will be some of our favorite scripture. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long, how high, how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Paul calls us into experience. You can't deny that. He is, his expectation is that we will experience Jesus, that we will experience love. We're not going to encounter God just because we read books. And because we pray, those are good things. Reading scripture is so important. But Paul calls us to something deeper, to an experience of Jesus that words and our minds can't even comprehend. They are too great to comprehend. So as, I, as I've been preparing this week, um, and I've been smacking into this wall, Um, Jesus' words that I came to give you life and life abundantly have just been resounding over and over again. 
that if I will surrender my willfulness um, and my desire for control and the bad habits that I've picked up, there will be a freedom and an, an abundance in life that I haven't experienced before. That there'll be something new and additional. And I've had a great life and I've had an amazing freedom in him. But he's saying that there's more. There's more. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, maybe, maybe this is, I'll just speak maybe to the men. The ladies can decide if this is for them or if it's just a man thing. But this idea of surrender is so difficult um, because we, we are raised to win and to compete and to be individualistic and be autonomous and to have free will. And... Um, and it's, you know, it's, 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 like, it's like the lie that the serpent tells Eve in the garden, where God has given all things. And yet Eve believes the lie that God is holding back something. And it's the same with surrender. I've got all these things about, you know, my will, my autonomy, these things that I've been raised to have. And, and Jesus is saying, I'm, like, I'm not asking you to become a robot. I'm not asking you to give up who you are. What I'm saying is if you give up the things that are stopping you experiencing me, you're going to actually become more of the you that I designed, the you that you're supposed to be. You're going to become more you, not less. And you'll have freedom. Um, and this... This is one of the, the, the powers of, of freedom prayer. And I think, I think uh, next week, if we talk about repentance, I'll go into this a bit more deeply. Um, we don't do that at the front very often. Sometimes it comes up. Uh, Nicholas Hines, who's not here tonight, his Sozo ministry with Megan does this a lot. Um, where we gather in the group, you gather with brothers and sisters who, are, who you can trust, and, and we pray. And we ask the Lord if there's anything in our lives that needs to be surrendered, if there's any part of our lives that is not holy, if there's parts of our lives, parts of our history that God wants to heal. And there's, it's such a frightening concept. Like I have to go before people, sometimes I don't know them, and I've got to be honest, and, then, and, and let the Lord speak about sin in my life. Because I know this sin in my life. I don't particularly want other people to know. But there's such remarkable freedom that comes because the whole thing requires surrender. The whole thing requires, Lord, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to, I don't have to accept what they say, but I'm going to listen. I'm going to surrender and give you a chance to speak to me through my brothers and sisters. Um, and, I, you know, I know... And if I speak on this next week, the, you know, I, st I still hold the record for the most number of sins named in any one prayer session, I think, in my personal experience. Um, memory, my memory's dimming, but I think it was 18. And normally it's like one or two things. And I sat down to pray with this couple and they're Americans. I never sat to pray with Americans before. Um, and so that already made me nervous, obviously. Um, and the, leader, the guy leading the prayer team said, all right, Lord, how many sins do you want to take care of? How much stuff does this guy have to deal with? And his wife said, 18. And, <laughs> and you must understand, like, the previous record was three. Oh, gosh. And so that was a really, it was a really powerful time, but there was a moment, because okay, I got another hour and a half that I'm literally going to spend just surrendering the rubbish of my life to complete strangers. Um, 
but man, the freedom that came from that was incredible. And what was even more incredible was the fact that these people loved me more at the end than they did at the beginning. That there was a bond in the spirit that just showed God's love flowing through them and into me and that love bound us together. And so this, this week I've been, as I said, wrestling with these rather big ideas of God's sovereignty and His faithfulness and His control over all things. Um, but in the, in the process of praying, you also brought up some small things. Well, I like to think they were small. They're just small in relation to the other thing, but actually they felt pretty big. But some pretty common things, you know. He talked to me about, well, am I more willing to surrender my time? Am I willing to go a little bit deeper and give him a bit more of my time? In the last few months, I've done much better in terms of seeking him rather than comforts. But again, are there comforts that I'm willing to give up? Was that reward of more of him? Those are pretty obvious ones. Um, then, he, then he said to me, would you give up your desire to be liked by people? That was horrible. Because <laughs> I really like being liked. It was, it was painful. I mean, obvious answer is yes, but think about it. I like my students liking me, you know? Um, thank you. Hopefully <laughs> it remains that way. Um, um, but he asked me, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm really, if, if I'm going to be faithful and be willing to speak whatever he tells me, I have to be willing to have people not like me. And so he asked me if I'd be willing to give that up. Um, and then, you know, I've been, I've been wrestling with the elections and all, you know, all of us have with all the stuff going on in the country and before the elections and still stuff going on. 